Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. It's purdy time in San Francisco. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the chapter president of the Desmond Ritter fan club. And with me, as always, is AJ... And here's to you, John Robinson. Mike Vrabel hates you more than you will know. Marchese. That was beautiful singing, Rob. I honestly forgot I wrote that, and then I had to really get into it. Uh, Today, we're talking all the best and worst NFL rookies from week 13 of the NFL season. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. The funk got out of West Lafayette. And Louisville hired Purdue head coach Jeff Brom. Jeff's coming home. Jeff's coming home. Uh, You don't see an upgrade very often when, you know, your coach gets poached. Yeah, I, I, I find it hilarious. All Louisville fans are happy. Satterfield got taken by Cincinnati, and they ended up with the, their chosen son. Yeah, I think uh, old Jeffy's going to do great things for Louisville. He, he's he's going to take over the ACC. And anyone who uh, kind of dumps on, on the loss of Satterfield and the hire of Brom for Louisville, just because Ruben Owens the five-star running back decommitted and committed to Texas A&M. Trust me, that was going to happen regardless of who was head coach. <laughs> He'll be in the portal next year anyway, so it's the difference. Yeah, amen, amen. Um, obviously, with uh, Jeff Brown leaving Purdue for Louisville, uh, Purdue has an opening. And I, I, I found the, the list very interesting. Um, sitting atop the list, Syracuse head coach Dino Babers. It's funky. Dick- it is funky. Who coached at Purdue in the 90s, I believe. Interesting. Uh, Toledo head coach Jason Candle. That one makes a lot more sense than the other Jason Candle ones. <laughs> Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Todd does deserve a chance. Uh, he, uh, he turned Southern Miss around several years ago. And new Colorado offensive coordinator Sean Lewis. And I found this one really interesting because... If Sean Lewis was still the sitting head coach at Kent State, I feel like this would be a natural step for both Purdue and Sean Lewis. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he took the reportedly took the the Colorado job. He did have a tweet kind of confirming that, but it hasn't been officially announced, and uh, no one knows if he's actually signed a contract. So I I just find that one really interesting, and I think that that would probably be the the hire I would most like. I think. I think all, all everyone on this list is kind of a, a, a step down from Brom, though. How about you? I, I, I agree with that, but, I mean, it's not like Purdue fired Brom, you know what no, I mean? Like, no, they didn't. It, it was – the situation played out that way. I think it, it's it's cool, too, if you look at it. Um, they th- th- All four of these guys are offensive guys. They all, um, all run – Kind of fun offenses. Dino yeah. Babers goes back to the Baylor tree. Obviously, Sean Lewis was Dino Babers' offensive coordinator. Same offense. Um, 
Jason Candles run the best offense of the MAC the last couple of years, and, and, and Todd Monk and we all know he's done at Georgia. Uh, I I think all of these kind of work for me. Uh, I don't think Purdue's ever going to be a consistent Big Ten championship no. game contender, especially if they get away from divisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think if you're Purdue, you you want to have a fun offense because that's kind of what the history has had. Uh, going back to Joe Tiller. Um, I, excuse me. Going back to um, um, what's his name? Who are you trying to pull? Uh, Danielson. Gary Danielson? Yeah. Gary Danielson. Yep. <laughs> oh, Gary, people forget he's a Purdue quarterback. Uh, but so I, I think you go offense and you you just kind of, if you're a Purdue fan, 68 wins feels good. Yeah, it, I, it does. But I don't know. I just feel like Brom had them like just on another. I know. I, I just, a step I'm, above that. But yeah, I'm just, just mourning the loss of, of Jeff Brom that, more than anything. That's, that's why the only name here who I think really could elevate is Sean Lewis. Yeah. Just because what he did at Kent State is so hard. Yeah, it is. But and we'll see what happens. Because I, I, I would, as a fan of college football, I think it'd be more fun if Sean Lewis stays at Colorado. Probably. But, I mean, if, if it hits, he's going to end up with a head coaching gig sooner rather than later anyways. Agreed, agreed. I just don't want it to be in the same division or conference as my Buckeyes. Yeah, you're afraid. I know. I am too. Uh, hey, they beat Purdue. Brom beat Ohio State. Yeah, that was Rondale, but yeah. Uh, speaking of Mac, the greatest conference in the world, Western Michigan has hired Louisville offensive coordinator Lance Taylor. Um, this one's interesting. I'm not going to just tie Lance Taylor to Louisville. Uh, obviously, he spent this past season there. But prior to that, he was Notre Dame's running back coach. He was with the Panthers for a bit. Uh, he was Stanford's running back coach when they had Christian McCaffrey and Brace Love. I think this is an interesting hire. It's interesting. It's just funny that everyone's trying to poach Louisville coaches. Right now. Just... I'm not tying him to that. This is I know, I know. This is uh, David Shaw, Brian Kelly, Rex Ryan. He coached with the Jets. Um, <laughs> and and hey, he was a GA for Nick Saban. Wow. What a, what a pedigree. This is a slam dunk home run. I mean, it's better than other. I would way if I'm a Western Michigan fan, I'm feeling better about Lance Taylor than I am if I'm a Cincinnati fan with Satterfield. <laughs> Satterfield seems like he's got good Mac vibes, though. Satterfield, yeah, yeah, but he's in the Big Twelve. Oh, I know, I know, he shouldn't be. I'm just saying, eventually <laughs> down the road, his next step, good Mac vibes. Um, hey, I mean, look at look at Sean Clark struggling at App State, so. Yeah. Maybe Satterfield got it right. Maybe he's a genius. <laughs> Just go back. Uh, all right. A couple declarations, some big ones. Um, Texas A&M running back Devon O'Shane, Notre Dame tight end Michael Meyer, Oregon State tight end Luke Musgrave, Old Dominion tight end uh, Zach Kuntz, Auburn defensive lineman Colby Wooden, Mississippi State corner Emmanuel Forbes. That one was a while ago. I missed it. Texas A&M corner Jalen Jones and Indiana corner Taiwan Mullen. Musgrave is going to be interesting, given that he is a very impressive athlete who has missed. Tight end class. It is a good tight end class, and he's missed most of this year. And and you know, Oregon State just pounds the rock, so he's going to be an interesting. You know, um, just his testing numbers and his evaluations can be fun. Yeah, played only two games, but was off to a hot start, and obviously was like the key weapon for Oregon State. Um. And a guy who was on the freaks list, you're right. I'm, I'm really excited to kind of dig into him a little more. Yeah. Uh, Zach Kunta, uh, another interesting one. Um, former Penn State tight end, just massive frame. Yeah. Uh, he got hurt this year as well after having a, a great first year at Old Dominion last year. Um, and then obviously Michael Myers, like, I think Michael Meyer, the only, the, like, I don't, I wouldn't take him top 20, I don't think. Because of just the position, and he isn't, like, that Explosive. rare, rare yeah. guy. Yeah. But, like, Mike, Michael Meyer, to me, is one of the safest players of this class. He is going to come in and be your day one tight end and have Pro Bowl upside, um, but at, at minimum be a very solid, like, I don't know, Kyle Rudolph-type player for his career. Yeah, it feels kind of almost like, like T.J. Hawkinson, where maybe he shouldn't yeah. have been top ten, but, you know... I, I, I don't think the Vikings are regretting having him on the roster right now at all. He's playing great ball. Yeah. I mean, it's like maybe Pat Fryermuth plus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fryermuth's really come on recently for the Steelers more on that in a bit. 
Uh, some senior bowl acceptances as well. I'll just run. There's not a ton, so I'll just run them all. Lots of tight end talk this week. Uh, first and foremost, Nelly is going to be <laughs> performing Friday night. Jim Nagy landed Nelly. Whoo! What a get! What a get for Nagy. This is the highlight of the entire Senior Bowl. Uh, last year he landed Portugal the man. This year it's Nelly. I, that's two for two in my books. Jim Nagy knows music. Um, on the player side, no. Well, actually, you know what? Nelly suited up at running back. Mm-hmm. For the Mean Machine mm-hmm. in the remake of The Longest Yard. Yeah. Uh, but here we go. Alabama tight end Cam Latu. Miami tight end Will Mallory. Clemson tight end Davis Allen. Alabama defensive lineman DJ Dale. Tennessee edge rusher Byron Young. LSU DB Jay Ward. And Alabama safety DeMarco Helms. My big takeaway is I don't like having both Byron Youngs there. It's going to get confusing. There's a lot of tight ends. There's a lot of tight ends. Um, for how good this tight end class is, that group is slightly underwhelming. Mallory's always been interesting. Um, it's never kind of broke out for him. He, he could be a potential. He had a really good year for a really bad team yeah, this year. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's going to be a potential riser there. Yeah. I think David Davis Allen's just a huge frame who blocks his ass off. He's just classic, like, late day. Cam, La- Cam Latu's the most interesting one. There. Definitely. Definitely. I I like Latu. I, I don't know. I think he's, like, he's pretty, pretty well-rounded. I, I think he's just, like, a, you know, mid-round type of dude. And he's going to play for a while. It's a really good class, like we just keep saying. Mm-hmm. And Demarco Hellum's one of my one of my favorite guys. Um, just kind of that workman tape Alabama safety yeah. who probably goes around later than he should and ends up starting for ten years. Everyone in the, as a senior role is going to start for ten years. Well, that's how I feel. Yeah, Nelly could have started for ten years if he got the chance. East West Shrine Bowl acceptance is Texas. Defensive lineman Keandre Coburn, Wake Forest defensive lineman Kobe Turner, Pitt edge rusher Habuka Baladonado, LSU corner Makai Garner, Clemson corner Sheridan Jones, Arizona safety Sheridan or Arizona safety Christian Young, and Boston College safety Jaden Woodby. Coburn's a good get here. I think he's really upped his game this year for Texas. Um, I think he could be a riser. I, I like I like Coburn, man. Just that. They got all the, the nose plugs at yeah, uh, East Shine Bowl. Yeah, Galco knows what the league wants. I'll give him that. Nagy knows what the fans want. Galco knows what the league wants. Um, yeah, I think Coburn could be um, like, just a – he's a plug, but showed that pass rush upside this year uh, in, in spurts, you know. So I think that's a big get. Kobe Turner's an interesting one too. He was a dominant player in the FCS level for Richmond, uh, transferred to Wake Forest this year, and was on a, a defense that – Kind of got toasted a lot. He was he was one of the more productive guys. Um, really athletic guy. I think I think he was a freaks list guy. I can't totally remember. Um, but he he's an interesting one there as well. Um. Anyway, you want to get into guys who are already in the NFL? I guess so, Rob. Uh, you want to get into uh, a couple quarterbacks and a rookie quarterback? Right no, now? there's too many. There's too many this week. I'm going to add another one next week, Rob. Is there more than two this week? Uh, Skylar Thompson gets some play. Skylar got some play. Malik got some play. Oh, those are your games. Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear you break those guys down and rock <laughs> Between uh, Malik and uh, Skylar, they had five attempts. Anyways, let's get to it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that's as many as they should have. Uh, I, of course, had Kenny Pickett, who came up with another win for the Steelers, who are bound to get Mike Tallman to 500 because he's never not mm-hmm, 500. Mm-hmm. Um. In a win over the Falcons, Pickett goes 16 of 28, 197 yards with a touch, seven carries for 14 yards. Kenny Vick. Um, I mean, it, it, I, I, he's playing good football compared to what we saw earlier in the season. He's still not really the most exciting passer. He pushed the ball. Oh, I'll give him this. He attacked downfield a lot more this week than last week. Uh, was it last week you also got to see him? Was it the week before? All, I can't remember now. Like, I don't know. The, all the Coach Saturday's games blended. Yeah, yeah. Um, At least he's in primetime anyway. every week, though. That's all I know. Um, this week he, he pushed the ball downfield uh, like 10-plus yards uh, a lot more. Um, two completions out of like seven attempts or so. Or ten attempts, I should say. So not great. Um the touchdown was to a pretty wide-open Connor Hayward, which was was a cool moment. Uh, his dad, Craig Ironhead, obviously played for the Falcons. His, his brother's his teammate. Um, Cam, oh, really? If you didn't know, uh, from the Ohio State. 
great grab by rookie Connor Hayward. It was a good was. throw. I mean, it, it was a well-placed throw, uh, but he was pretty wide open. Other than that, he only had one other uh, completion um, down the sideline uh, beyond 10 yards. And it was a lot of just like kind of dink and dunk, which we've seen. He, he's a competent starting quarterback. If if you didn't take him in the first round, it's just how I continue to feel. It's a, Again, it's a lot like Mac Jones last year where he's not losing them games, but I also don't think he can necessarily put the team on his back and win games over quality opponents. Um, the running game was working a lot better the last two weeks. Uh, Najee Harris had a great game. Um, the offensive lines protected him better. Uh, it's not like the Falcons have a vaunted defense. No. Um, and I don't know. I think Matt Cannon is calling a, a game that better suits Kenny Pickett. Again, a lot of dink and dunk. Um, I just come away very just not overwhelmed or underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. <laughs> it's it's hard to justify in today's NFL drafting, you know, that dink and dunk quarterback in the first round. I've told you he's going to be Andy Dalton if everything around him is clicking. Like, which is fine, but that's not a quarterback who can win you a Super Bowl. And this is how I felt about Mac Jones last year, and we've seen it in year two with Mac. Yeah. Like, when everything else around him is at its best, he's going to win you football games. He's capable, I think, because he doesn't. He doesn't make a lot of stupid decisions. I saw more tight window throws this week. He has, he has a pretty good connection with Pat, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he's starting to util, utilize Deontay Johnson a little more. Now, um, him and George Pickens, their connection didn't work out as it tends to this week. Well, not in a bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I just – I know I'm also biased by the fact that I'm a Steelers fan. The future is tied to him. I, I just have so many doubts about – taking him in the first round especially given what this the next two quarterback classes look like um next year is always better i i think just given the history of the steelers the coaching staff the the front office like kenny pickett's a guy who i think will be capable with everything around him of winning nine to eleven games every year and kind of getting the steelers into the playoffs but I just don't see him ever going beyond that. You know, like you see Patrick Mahomes, you see Josh Allen, you see uh, Tua, you see Justin Herbert. Like, I I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing Kenny Pickett leveling up that way. Can I ask a, a question, if I may, Rob? Mm-hmm. What do you think the, the – like, I don't know which one you're going to prefer, but between rookie season Kenny Pickett and late career Ben Roethlisberger, who was the, who's the better oh, he's quarterback? So, he is so much better this year than – Ben the the offense not, was unwatchable. Last not year. not last year, Ben. That's that's a whole level of stinky. But like, you know, two years ago, Ben. Who, who, what would you take? Well, he's better than, or he's not as good as two years ago, Ben. Okay, okay. Like last year, Ben but, was brutal. Like it's yeah. Like two years ago, Ben still threw thirty three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, through thirty eight hundred yards. Like he couldn't move, but he still had the 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 arm before the elbow went. And yeah. like I the mean, fake injuries caught up to him. Yeah, they really did. Like, last year, Ben just couldn't move. It was such a dink and dunk offense. Everything was out of the gun. <laughs> like, so it was bad. so yeah. – it was t- tough to watch, and it deteriorated down the stretch, too. Um, but at the same time, I just don't have faith in, like, five years from now when they have to pay Kenny Pickett in, in contracts for quarterbacks that are $40 million a year. Like, Yeah, Aaron Judge money. It's 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 gonna be the same conundrum the Giants probably find themselves in with Daniel Jones, where it's like he's okay, he can run this offense, we can win football games with him, but he's not winning football games for us. So how, do we pay him? I, I mean, I ask you this: How often has uh, the boldness to be better at quarterback not paid off? It, it feels like it pays off way more often than it doesn't. You know what I mean? No, I actually strongly disagree. <laughs> you like just playing it safe. Play it safe, baby. Laying those bunts down to baseball references. Think about the Bengals made the playoffs so many times with Andy Dalton. <laughs> That's true. That's and true. Then in, the, in Joe Burrow's second year, they only made made it to the Super Bowl. They didn't even yeah, win it. They the couldn't Bowl. even win it, no. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's good to see him progressing, but it's also still I, I come away each week not seeing the flash plays that you see you saw from star quarterbacks as rookies. Even the ones who who 
I mentioned this last week, like even Justin Fields, who struggled like hell as a rookie in a horrible situation, every once in a while you'd see a flash play. You're not totally seeing that with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Um, you know who else you haven't seen it from as of yet, Rob? Who was our actual no, quarterback one? Malik Willis, who got in on the action again this week in an, in an absolute blowout for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he went two for four, 16 yards, had a carry for eight yards, was so sick. <laughs> There's really not much to talk about. It was a nice run, a zone read on a, first, on a third down to get the first. Uh, the two incompletions were kind of like, like he just threw it like behind Nick Westbrook, Akina. It was like, it was catchable, but dropped. Then like way too hot and way off like like Robert Wood's hands on a third. It was just nothing. Not much to talk about. Just he got in, so we had to mention him. Um, after that, after that, uh, I guess I guess Skylar Thompson's the next one drafted. So let's get him out of the way. Um, he got in late. They uh, Tua was getting uh, he got a little banged up. He was fine, but like they just pulled him because the game was getting out of hand a bit. Um, so Skylar Thompson time, baby. Went 0 for 1 with an interception. It was like probably the worst throw you'll ever see right to Fred Warner for a pick. Uh, that's it. That's it from those two. Uh, but now let's get to the, to the real start of the show. And the Skylar Thompson Brock Purdy matchup. Purdy reign supreme. Um, 25 of 37, 210, two touchdowns, a pick. Um, the, 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 the discourse on Brock Purdy, uh, I'm going to lay it down this way. That's a really good impress, like performance from Mister Irrelevant. Very good to come in against a, a playoff team. Uh, not, I mean, the defense is great, but not not to give the game away at all and uh, and close it up and bring it home for the Niners. But uh, I think he's getting a little overrated, <laughs> if that's even possible. I mean, the touchdowns. The one was just like a flat to juice use check. Easy, nothing there. But but he first made it. First touchdown a Mr. Relevant's ever thrown. Yeah. Yep, he's the first Mr. Relevant to complete a pass, too. Um, had His other touchdown was just CMC wide open, it, really on the goal line, really easy. But I will say the throw before that, really tight window in the red zone. Uh, hit CMC, it, 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 he had him. CMC had it. Good throw, he dropped it. Um, but I, I will give, Pretty was really poised. He was really poised. He was getting outside the pocket, making some throws. Um, he was doing what, like you know, I think he does well is like hitting between the the, the hash marks, intermediate, and short. Well, not really intermediate, short. There wasn't a lot of intermediate throws. Uh, I think maybe there was like two ten plus yard throws, um, but like some impressive ones. Like he had a nice throw, like just lobbed one up to the tight end of the sideline. Um, had a, had a pick, but it was like not bad. It was on the fourth down. He just took a shot. Xavier Howard was all over it, but like it was better for field position. Win for Brock, I thought. Um, play of the game was probably like he just got absolutely lit up. Blitz came down the mouth, and he, he threw it perfect to Kittle. Uh, that was probably his most impressive, um, impressive play. Um, I thought like the pocket, like he was poised, but the pocket press was a little like dinky at times. Like he ran right into a sack. It was a little, again, he's getting tossed in his mystery relevant. It, so it's it's not what you don't expect. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I just thought like you know taking what's there, making some decent throws. Uh, had some decent throws. Outside. Like he had one on a roll where he, where he hit a guy on a on a on a crosser. Uh, was pretty decent. But like I don't know. It feels like the media is just trying to jump on this story a little much. I, I will say this. It, it, obviously, you did this game, but it sounds to me like Brock Purdy was very prepared. Kyle Shanahan yeah. called a good game. Kyle Shanahan trusted him. I mean, he Correct. threw it 37 times. Brock Purdy way outplayed his draft position in this one show, and we'll Correct. see what happens. Yep. We've seen Shanny elevate lesser quarterbacks before. Nick He's Mullins comes to mind. CJ Beathard. He's done this. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's great for Brock Purdy. It's, it's great for us to see... Not a complete mess out of the Mr. Relevant uh, playing QB. Um, I mean, it, it's at minimum, it's fun. And I will say this. He completed more passes beyond 10 yards this week than Kenny Pickett did. How many did Pickett have? Two. I mean, did Brock have three? Four. Five. Uh, I'll believe it. Five. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they juiced in the stats over at Next Gen Stats. I think, I think so. <laughs> maybe maybe like they're this, all though, 11 yards. Yeah, go on. Sorry. His, tu- his, his one touchdown was a throw behind the line of scrimmage. His other was two yards downfield. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> Kenny's, Kenny's was 17 yards. Woo. But like I said, he did hit CMC right before the, the behind the line of scrimmage touchdown. Great tight window throw in the red zone. Which, again, I think that's where Purdy was kind of thriving in Iowa State. Is between, like, I can definitely see Shanny putting, like, he already did it, but like, like, he's right there in that Nick Mullen, C.J. Beathard I think role. I think the most annoying thing that's going to come out of this, especially if, like, Brock Purdy plays competently down the stretch here, 
um, like assuming he doesn't truly elevate the team, but the, the they they are solid with him is the discourse in the off season around Purdy or Trey Lance. Yeah, like that's gonna that's gonna kill me. Yeah, I, I think like at best, if this all goes well for Purdy, it means they don't have to pay Jimmy G to come back next year. I know they've already exactly. said. I know they've kind of already moved on, but they did that last year too. So there's he's the, he's the insurance, which is really positive, but. I mean, I'll throw it like this way: Has CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins done anything anywhere else outside of the Channing scheme? No. Uh, CJ Beathard's brother has a country album. Uh, oh, or, or something that might be wrong. Something. No, like you're right. You got to be right. There's no way that's not right. Um, okay. Uh, unless you want one to do ten no, more thanks. good minutes no, on Brock. You. No. Uh, let's get to our rookies of the week. Where I'm going to go uh, with, with a repeat performer, the touchdown leader among rookies. Who has eight touchdowns in four games? Christian Watson goes for two tutties this week. Two against the Chicago Bears. Uh, they don't beat the Bears without Christian Watson. Three catches, 48 yards, a 14 yard touchdown. The other two catches were both first downs. One came late. And I'm sure you saw it the 46 yard touchdown run where it was great. Sammy Watkins makes, a, makes like the key block and just gets enough of the defensive back where Watson has maybe a half a step and Sammy Watkins instantly starts celebrating because he knows Christian Watson's got those type of uh, boosters uh, in terms of speed. Uh, he also drew a defensive pass interference uh, prior to his 46 uh, yard touchdown run that led to an AJ Dillon touchdown. So three big plays, three touchdowns for Christian Watson. Obviously one isn't credited to him, but without that DPI, I'm not so certain the Packers score on that drive. Um, the the evolution of Watson has been so fun. Seeing him go from dropping the seventy five yard touchdown pass week one for like first play of the season to the last four weeks being arguably the best and most exciting rookie in, in, in the NFL. Um certainly one of the most impactful. Nine touchdowns on the season now, tied with Kenneth Walker among rookies. Um his his speed and size are just such a freakish freakish mismatch. Uh, it feels good to be right. It does. It does. Christian Watson's awesome. I am glad it's working out. Um, it makes again. I hate if like if it was any other quarterback other than Aaron Rodgers, Watson would have been benched for that whole se- like the whole season. You know what I mean? It's just oh, this kid can't catch or some stupid bullshit. What he says. Anyways, I'm glad that it's working out now, and I still think it's like like they can get him more involved. He's the best player in their offense. He's the best player in the offense right now. Um, yeah, that's great. I will argue with you, though, over your most exciting rookie over the last couple weeks. I'm going to one-up you with my office rookie of the week if you're ready to move on. Brock Purdy, fuck. Brock Purdy double – no. Garrett Wilson, baby. Garrett goddamn Wilson. He's got a real quarterback in White Mike. <laughs> he's actually good. <laughs> he's good. Uh, and now he's got eight catches, 162 yards in this game, no touchdowns. Don't 15 care. targets. 15 targets. He's getting fed, baby. Wasn't drops. Do- doesn't matter. He's just getting fed. Um, the only, like, I guess it was, like, I'm not even going to say it's a drop, but, like, later in the game, Mike White had him deep. He toasted PP Patrick Peterson. And just, like, it was just just too far. Went off the t- oh, fingertips of Garrett Wilson. That could have been a 200-yard game if he reels that one in. Um, but just just a great performance. Had another play where, like, just he's been so good after the catch lately. And, that's what he was at Ohio State. Like, was. Olave was the, the chain yeah. mover, and Garrett Wilson was the big play provider. He Rare explosiveness in the open field. I know he's slender, but I feel like that, that caught him some flack for, especially people were worried about his ability to beat press um, in the NFL. But, yeah. like, his release repertoire, his short area quickness, that's all translated him yeah. being able to do everything. He is a game break. Yeah, and, and sorry to, to jump points with to follow you here. His release... And his lower body just agility and his fluidness was way too much for Caleb Evans. <laughs> he just he had a couple where he just, just came off the line and just cooked him. And he's throwing that jab step and just ruining dudes. I mean, I love it. And then yeah, you see that after the catch too. Like he had one in traffic again, like like uh, I think it was last week. In traffic, you know, I, I thought he was gone because like every time he casts that space, you think he's gone. And he's making so many guys miss and, and he finally does get caught. He just barely stepped out of bounds, or else it would have been a touchdown. Just, just half the half a step, um, oh, man. He's he's been so damn good, and every time he does these performances, like, oh yeah, Zach Wilson stinks. But like, it, again, yeah, fifteen ta- uh, targets, eight catches, 
But like, he's doing the little stuff well too. I find like he's moving, he's moving chains. He's he's pulling down balls in contact. It's not just like Christian Watson. No, no, no shame at all. He's explosive king right now. Um, but you know, Watson's not doing the the little stuff as much as Garrett Wilson is right now. Garrett Wilson is doing. He's he's a wide receiver one for this team. Even Elijah Moore is starting to wake back up a little bit, get involved. I love it. Uh, Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I just want to say it's because he's a Buckeye. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, Mike White's a hilltopper, wasn't he? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he certainly was. <laughs> I liked Mike White coming out. I'm, getting, I'm calling out a hand for myself now. Yeah, do, do it, do it. Well, I think you liked all the Western Kentucky quarterbacks, I, Bailey Zappi, Brandon Dowry. Yeah, uh, I swear to God about him, yeah. You're going to love Austin Reed, even though he's transferring. Or maybe you'll hate him because of that. I'm not oh, sure. I'm, JT I'm, Daniels should transfer to Western Kentucky. Oh, that's a good one. I like Thank that you. one. Yeah. Um, yeah, right now, the top two uh, rookies in terms of combined first down catches and touchdown catches are Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. So... I thought you were going to flex on that a little bit more. Uh, no, no. I just, I'm going to use that as Chris Olave's teammates, actually my defensive rookie of the week, um, who we saw play in, in a, a shocking loss on, uh, what was that there? AJ Monday Night Football. Alante uh, Taylor, my boy. Um, Tom Brady tried to go after him. Tom Brady targeted Alante Taylor 13 times. Alante <laughs> Taylor gave up eight catches fairly significant amount but for just 54 yards uh he had the great pass breakup he, he got that huge tfl on leonard yeah. fournette where he just stuck him uh and, and and when targeted just gave up a 70.7 qb rating you take that all day six point yards eight yards per completion i just think he has been such a awesome player uh since he, he he's entered the lineup without marshall Lattimore too he's really stepped it up um such a feisty man cover corner so patient uh, so good at mirroring. Uh, the PBU came on that deep shot to Scotty Miller. Where yeah, Scotty Miller had a bit of a step. Scotty Miller can fly. He's got that that old Bowling Green uh, speed. Um, but Alante Taylor did a great job sticking with it, getting his head around, uh, uh, disrupting the catch point. Uh, I've loved Alante Taylor since he he kind of started playing significantly like six weeks ago. Now he's been probably my favorite defensive rookie to watch. I it's just the combo of the feistiness and just the the ability to take on different types of receivers and man coverage assignments. He's got that dog in him. That was a hell of a Yeah, he does. He really does. And that's what you want in, in your corners, you know? And, oh, yeah. He was, that was such a, such a gritty, gritty baller performance. I, I loved it, too. I I did have to give it to uh, – I, I, I put him like – you know, I had to give him a shout, but I knew you were going to have him here because he's your guy. Um, but my guy, Tariq Woolen, is my uh, defensive rookie of the week. Again, uh was actually really, really solid tackling. Seven tackles this week. Uh, th- uh, two PBUs and a pick. Uh, the, the one PBU was ridiculous. So, like, he, he's getting to that point now where he's, like, just feeling himself, man. It's like, he was just like, if, if a guy's on, you know, if it's a backside, he kind of just eases up. Interception, he did it too. Um, and, like, just, just can kind of, like, use that speed to make up so much ground. Nearly pulled in, like, a, a ridiculous interception, but it was, like, full extension just... Just a great PBU, but like deep downfield, and and if he brought that in, it would have been a hell of a play. But just seeing that that explosiveness is ridiculous. And then the, the interception, just didn't didn't bite on the action at all, and just sat on the throwback, and it was easy. It was easy, and he he's just been making the season look so easy. He really hasn't had that like like so many corners in, in this class have had really high end performances. And then really, really low-end performances. And then there's some guys who are just getting cooked. And then there's been the, the two greats. Yeah. And, I, I, like, I didn't put – like, I put Sauce for Flash. I just – I felt like I had to talk about him. I'll get there later. But Willen, Willen put in a great performance this week. I know it was the Rams and, you know, John Wolford. But he's been unreal. For better or for worse, this corner class has been just so fun. It has. Like, the, yeah. the combo of the stars, the Woolens, the Sauces, Alante Taylor as of late. But also the guys who are just getting their asses cooked constantly. Like, that makes it fun, too. It does. It definitely it gives us content, which is all Yeah, we love – we're just a content-creating machine over here at Seven Rounds in Heaven. <laughs> it's just names and lists. That's what we so, do. I guess my question to you right now, obviously in, in most years, I think Sauce Gardner and Tariq Willem would be the clear defensive rookies of the year, but they're the same class. So right now for you, who who would you give the nod to? I obviously – you do the Seahawks games every week, so I, I feel like I don't have an informed enough opinion to say, uh, despite my feelings about Sauce being 
one of the best corners in the NFL already. I think Sauce is playing better right now. Um, I, uh, so I, I lean Sauce, but I mean, it, with with you know some some I'm not gonna call it. I don't know any names, but sometimes uh, NFL writers are a little bit statistic heavy. Mm-hmm. So the interception numbers for Woolen has, has got him right in this. Not 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 obviously the play does too, but it's got him a good chance still to, to pull in the award. I think. I agree. I agree. I think the interceptions are it could be, especially I don't know if you saw the Pro Bowl voting. Yep, yep. Sauce wasn't happy with those Jets fans. Just twelfth no, man's not. different. Twelfth man's different, Rob. Um, I I will uh say who if we, right now just while we're on the topic. Is your offensive rookie of the week or of the year? Uh, would it be Kenneth Walker with the touchdowns? Would it be? Would it be Garrett Wilson with the, the production? Would it be Chris Olave who's maybe had the most complete rookie year? It's one of those three, or Damian Pierce, I guess. But I don't know. I I, I think I lean with Garrett Wilson slightly. I'm, I'm I'm a Jet. I'm a Jet for life. You know that. I do know that. I do know. How that. about you? Okay. How about you? I think right now, I, really, it's 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 so up in the air that the next couple of weeks are really going to decide mm-hmm. it. I think right now I would give it to Chris Olave for the most complete season. But, I mean, it's going to be tough. Like, if Christian Watson finishes with, like, 14 touchdowns. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think he's been the most exciting, like I said, rookie the last couple of weeks. So, I don't know. It's going to be a really, really fun race for both. Walker, Walker hurt, hurt his ankle in this game, too, and um... – I'm not sure. You know, Pete Carroll's the worst with um, with injuries, so who knows when he's going to be. It could be this week. It could be uh, It could be career-ending. You do not know with Pete Carroll. Um, so that that's going to hurt him down the stretch, though. Either way, I don't think he's going to be fully healthy down the stretch. Yeah, that sucks. It does It does really suck. You know what sucks, AJ, being the worst rookie? <laughs> it does. And I, mentioned, I mentioned corner play earlier, good mm-hmm. and bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to that well. Where I, I'm going with Fayetteville State's uh, Joshua Williams, who I loved in the process, the Chiefs rookie corner. He had a tough game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Joe Burrow picked on him. Uh, he gave up six for 99 and a touchdown, plus uh, was called an illegal use of hands that got declined. Both uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins were, were kind of getting the best of him. Um, just such a long, physical, and athletic corner, but it's just – Seeing the technique come along with it, seeing him not be overly physical, because at times it leads to whiffs and kind of missteps. He, he he's also aggressive. He bites on stuff, and, and I just think we saw that a lot. And I, I think that the Chiefs' corners are going to be an issue. Um, yeah, because they're all so freaking young. They are, they are, and yeah, that's going to be it's going to be tough for them. Like obviously, the offense is going to keep them in any game, but at some point, it's I mean, it, it caught up with them this week, but. At some point, that's going to hurt him. It just, it just always does, especially at that position, it, you know. It's it's worth noting. Trent McDuffie's playing some pretty good football. Yes, uh, I, I don't think I put him anywhere, but he, he he played solid. He did, and and I had two rookie corners vying for this spot as well. But in the spirit of of the conversation, I'm going to go with the other uh, huge, super athletic, small school corner that isn't catching on like Treacle. And I'm going with Zion McCollum, who who also sticking with the theme. Struggled with uh, Chris Olave, I thought, mightily on Monday night. Uh, the stats weren't bad. Like, like he gave up five catches on five targets for 60 yards. Not good, but not, like, embarrassingly bad. But I just, like, I, just, I think he just, like, just struggling. He just didn't look like, like, really, like, he's not ready to play candidate. He just, like, didn't look like he's, like, comparing him to Tariq Woolen, who were very close to my big board, I will admit. They were not far off. I had Woolen above, but... You know, making that huge leap from, I know UTSA is a big step up, but, you know, that huge leap from non-G5 football to the NFL. Woolen's done it seamlessly, and Zion's been, you know, worked in a little bit slower. I don't know, it just, just feels like he is not uh, not picking it up. Like, uh, just like, you know, had that one where he got picked, tough play, but just... Yeah, you know, I, put, I put him for not ready to play. Yeah, okay, yeah, which I think is more apropos, but... Yeah, I, and then you know had the, had the, like a couple just chambers where he was just so out of place. I thought that was a, that was a big word. Well, apropos? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> is it? Is that? You're is really that bringing it tonight? I think I said I was going to nail episodes. it in, but it's, it's a great app. Yeah. Anyways, go. Do you do you talk about Zion? Uh, no, I I think you're right. It's just in an ideal situation, a raw athletic corner like that wouldn't be thrown into the fire but the bucks have been so injured yeah. right like i because th- he does have the make it like he was a fifth round pick he shouldn't be playing like that's no. a developmental player yeah and um it just hasn't worked out that way 
Yeah, he's definitely more deserving for not ready to play. It's just I didn't have anyone too brutal, so he gets. And my other guy who was maybe worse is just is a bigger name, so I had to put him somewhere else. Um, sticking with the corners, uh, going to primetime star, Duran Bland, baby. I, I went with so the combo of Duran Bland who has had some tough weeks, yeah, but by far his best performance came, came against the Colts. But still, those two interceptions gave up just four for twenty five. Looked great filling in at nickel. A bunch of tackles. I thought just like he was just playing strong, like like kind of like Alante Taylor, but not to the same extent. Just playing strong, like solid ball, and like just like not outmatch out there. The picks were great. Like he just stole it from uh, Action Doolin, and yeah, what give up a couple catches, but like but not not much at all. Yeah, so I put him, and that that second interception was such an athletic play. Yeah, uh, I put him, and I had to put Marcus Jones who. Obviously, he had had the Patriots' big uh, touchdown where yeah. he's doing doing his best Evan Hester impression, um, and he's playing both ways. He played forty five percent of the defensive snaps. He only got targeted once. He came early. He broke it up. Um, it's just I thought so fun to get to see a little bit of him on offense. Finished with two grabs for fifty one yards, and obviously the big touchdown, the yak play. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. That made that that game much more it, watchable. It did. I know it didn't for end up meaning anything, but yeah, I put him for out of nowhere. I know Marcus Jones isn't out of nowhere, but just I love that. Out of nowhere to see that. Yeah, first that, that snap is the first time they did it all year too. Like like not just like you know threw it to him. It's the first offensive snap all year, and like just that quick little hitter off the RPO, whatever it was, and he just burned him. He just burned him, and that's I I hope this isn't just like a big game Belichick a Bel Bel trick, if you will. I hope this one stays in the it stays in the in the playbook. Well, it's, it's 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 worth noting. Like he did this at Houston. Like he yeah. played both yeah. ways. Yep. Because he's such an athletic freak. Um, he's probably a better also, receiver than Tyquan Thornton. Sorry, Tyquan. I, I, I feel that way. Um, I also threw down uh, Rashad White. Obviously, yeah. not like the most productive game, but he had the game-winning touchdown. He made a nice play in space. Uh, and I mean, it's pretty cool to be a rookie who hauls in. The game-winning touchdown from Tom Brady on Monday it, Night Football, and it was it the is. latest latest comeback of Brady's career, I believe. I think, it was, yeah, it was it was a little up and down. I didn't like. I was kind of ready for him to go into a negative spot, but then he came up clutch with that touchdown because he he had that fumble. He had that really big uh, missed um, missed uh, a blitz pickup that really caused yeah. him. He's just just heading on on swivel like really. But yeah, no, he came back and scored the game-winning touchdown. So you got to give him big ups for that. Yeah, uh, so I, I worth mentioning. For sure. Um, going to underwhelming performance. I alluded to this earlier. Um, George Pickens. Mm-hmm. He was not seeing any targets early in this game against the Falcons. Uh, he was getting very upset on the sideline. They finally, I feel like, uh, and Pickens has mentioned this before. He said when he wouldn't get when he wasn't getting going at uh, at Georgia, they'd like scheme him a screen or just like a short pass. Get him a catch, get him going. So the Steelers did that. They they had this like QB rollout, just hit him for two yards, whatever. Um, after that, just one more target, and there was really nothing going on. It it sucked because part of it isn't like it. Obviously, you don't want to see him blowing up on the sideline when they're winning a game. Uh, but I can understand the frustration when he is getting NFL level open downfield and not getting these 50-50 ball chances that he's so so magnificent at so i can understand it but it was just un- underwhelming to see both on his part like not making a big impact and the steelers not trying to yeah. to get him more touches like it was a two-way thing like he i mean he's still been one of the five six best rookie wide receivers but yeah this it just kind of sucked yeah that that's fair um my underwhelming performance is a duo performance and it's it's very very hard to live up to expectations when you're the first and second overall picks um, but my, my underwhelming performance is Trevon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson, who, again, I feel like all year you could say this, they were not bad. They were not bad. But this is late enough in the year. This is like, you know, this is a, a premier matchup. Jags, Lions, Sunday afternoon. But, you know, the marquee of one versus two. It it wasn't bad, but it was just so underwhelming. I, I, I did think Trevon Walker was better. Had five tackles, had a TFL. But, like, there was a couple pressures where, like, you know, they looped him inside easy the, the middle opened up he got to golf but like got a hand and it flushed him and like kind of slipped and really should have been a finish uh another one where he just untouched got a rep on golf didn't finish and golf is not uh, look golf is doing a hell of a job he played a great game 
He's not this, uh, you know, escape artist master. <laughs> Walker's got to finish those. And for Hutchinson, it's just like, like he had half a sack, but it was just him untouched and, and you know, get got in one was not anything to get excited about. Um, had had a couple pressures. Didn't think it was a great one in the run either. Walker was up and down in the run. I think Walker was clearly better, but I don't know. And like his pass rush win, win, win rate was better for Walker too. But I don't know, man. We're late. In, you know, it's it's December. And, you know, Hutchinson has had, like, a, you know, the flashy plays, and Walker's playing in Jackson. It's always hard to steal the headlines. But, I don't know, just, like, this late, you know, against these teams that, I don't know, you can show up against. Just, just yeah, it just wasn't exciting. It just was underwhelming. Um, yeah, it's kind of been that way this whole time. Also, I'll mention for flashes later, Kayvon Thibodeau had another nice game. Yeah. yeah. That's for key pass for sure. Yep, he's out playing them big time right now. Um, looking like a hit for me. I went with uh, old James Cook. Yeah. On Thursday Night Football. He kind of had his – he's he's really kind of found his rhythm. It wasn't the fu- a super flashy game, but he finished with over 100 yards from scrimmage, played just 43% of the snaps. You saw those explosive runs that mm-hmm. I, I think the Bills' offensives lacked the last uh, the last two years. Yep. Um, and, and he was a productive pass catcher of the backfield. This is exactly what James Cook was drafted to do. Definitely. He – I put him for flash. He looked really good. I I think this has just got to keep continuing down the stretch. He's a couple games now he's stacking together, too. It's not just, like, one off and then it's back to motor, you know, being the, being the dude or anything. Or Hines getting all the receiving, you know, receiving yardage or anything like that. Um, I think it's going to build. I think it's going to be important for the stretch run. Who you got? Uh, who, of course, who I got, Rob. Come on. It's got to be N'Kobe Dean. 15 snaps on defense. He had five tackles, and one of which was the TFL. He was all over the field on 15 snaps. Uh, he had a nice tackle on Derrick Henry. You know, Stack and Shed, the guard, just got on him low, um, you know, kind of like in a pile, but still really good play. Had another one where just like read it, read it so beautifully. The instincts were so great. Reacted, shot outside to make a short tackle on like a little, like, little flat, but maybe it was like a half-design screen. It was a weird one. It was just flashing that huge range, you know, like making that step before the ball was out of the hand. Uh, gave up a catch to Chig, but like it was just a quick out, and he w- wasn't good coverage and flash closing speed. Uh, and then he had a TFL, just shot the gap. Like I, he read it so perfectly, or unless they had a blitz on, but they just read it so perfectly, knifed in, uh, finished, and like he he didn't look too small. He looked just as fast as he did at Georgia. His instincts looked as good as it did in, as they did in Georgia. Flash all that range, man, and it's it's such a great game, and it's kind of a shame that he's on a team that he's barely barely been played right like it's just he's gonna be a stud he's gonna be a stud i think everything is there everything is there that we thought was there he should never have slid because of the because of like a nothing injury thing um it's all there i just wish he was like on a team that's on a bad defense that you could play you know 50 snaps a game but he's not he's on the eagles who might win the super bowl but long term long term this might be best for his career because eventually he's going to come in and be i think a pro bowl level guy at least Look like it. Look, looking like a miss for me is I'll stay in the NFC East. I'll go with Brian Robinson, who I was just too low on. Uh, the last two weeks, he's been the engine for the commander's offense. It's basically Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson making fun <laughs> plays in the past game, Brian Robinson carrying the rock. Um, he looks a lot more, and this makes sense, obviously, given he was shot in August. He looks a lot more explosive over the last couple of weeks. He's not just bowling over people and running – trying to run over everyone he's making these shifty moves pressing the line exploding uh out of his cuts and, and picking up seven picking up eight like it's just chunk run after chunk run finished with 111 yards from scrimmage 96 on the ground against the giants and it, it was great and I, I was too low on him he, yeah. he, he looks like a very good starting running back right now yeah and i don't think either of us expected that from brian robinson no. and then like you said he got shot a couple months ago like that's fucking nuts and no, that that's really really promising. My um, looks like a miss. It's like not a not a big one for me. He went 80th. I had him 82nd, but he wasn't my tight end one, and he should have been. And that's Greg Dalsage, who is the best player on the Denver Broncos offense right now. He is their wide receiver one. He is really really good. At six catches for 85 yards, uh, looking good. Like p- very complete. I thought in, in the passing game, contested catches are there. Uh, the route running is crisp. That snap at the top of the route is there. Um, the hands are clean and like 
And then he had one where he got open deep uh, for like I don't know 35 40 yards. Um and like you know just just on like a like you know like a post where he just cleared it all out. He was wide open. Russ uh, hocked it up and trusted him. Dalsich looks like uh I know I know like we were both fans of his, but Dalsich looks legit legit and it's just say I know the Broncos are a disaster, but it's so impressive to see a rookie tight end who's coming, you know, was hurt to start the season, come in. I think he's their best offensive player, and I don't know if there's much of a debate. Uh, he's tied for first with Kate Otten for the most uh, first down slash touchdown catches this year. Who's also been ends. great. Again, it keep coming back. This tight end group has been really good. Uh, for my needs to step it up, I went with Jamari Sailor, uh, the Chargers' sixth round left tackle, or. Was it fifth round? Fifth round, sixth round? Uh, Georgia, who obviously had to step for Rashawn Slayer this year and, and did a really admirable job, but he's he struggled the last couple of weeks. Uh, Chandler Jones just housed him. Yeah. Um, um, Chandler Jones picked up three first-half sacks against him and was just bullying him. Um, it was it was tough. Like, he just didn't have the the lateral agility to kind of keep up with Chandler Jones' speed, and, and uh, he just – Looked pretty messy in that one. My, I'll give you two, one quick. But first, uh, my my needs to step it up. This is my other potential uh, worst rookie of the week, and that's Roger McCreary, who, you know, was at the hands of the AJ Brown revenge game. But it was the Devontae Smith <laughs> game that really got him. Five targets against him, five catches, sixty-five yards, and a touchdown. Where, whoo, Devontae just cooked him on a post, just absolutely cooked him, rinsed him, it, lots of separation. It was it was. Easy money. Uh, Quez Watkins was working him out of the nickel on a crossing route. It was just a, it's just, it's just a struggle for Roger McCreary, who is one of those guys I mentioned has had had really good moments, but it's been stumbling as of late. And and just quickly, Charles Cross has not had that like yeah this is you know a stud left tackle moment. Uh, he was getting toasted by some guy from Oakville, Rob Michael Hoyt. Born, yeah. born in Oakville, so I could probably block him. Oakville, Ontario. Rob could block him. Rob probably put him in the dirt when he's playing for the whatever Oakville's team's got there. Yeah, so I don't know. He gave up a sack against him. It wasn't like a terrible performance, but just when that happens, I had to, I had to mention it somewhere. Um, for my not ready to play, I mentioned Zion McCollum earlier, but I'll give you another Zion. Uh, Zion Gilbert, who the Giants, the undrafted rookie out of FAU, the Giants played uh, 66% of the snaps. Gave up five catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown to Jahan Dotson, which was a revenge because prior to that play, the commanders ran a screen to Dotson, and Gilbert got downhill in a hurry and, and lit up Dotson. Like two plays later, Dotson just cooked him. Cooked I'm, him. I think Brian Dable's got to be our favorite coach because he finds these random rookies and plays them heavy. Yeah. <laughs> he plays so it, many rookies. Them and uh, – there's another team who's just playing weird rookies. I can't even remember who. It, oh, the Bears are playing a lot of rookies. Oh, yeah. Well, no, Jack Sanborn's not weird. He's a stud. So. No, no, no. I, I got a different rookie safety and corner who started for them this week. Love it. The, with Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon out, the Bears started a different rookie corner Love and it. safety. I, I can't wait for there for that. Um, okay, I'm going to give you two both corners again. Um, so this is one I just wanted to bring up. Kyrie Elam was a healthy scratch. A healthy scratch for the Bills Thursday Night Football. He's had his ups, another guy, ups and downs. Trey White is, is back now. But this just seems super out of nowhere, and it's just really not a good sign when a first-round rookie is getting a healthy scratch, ever. Um, they apparently asked McDermott what, what was up, and basically it was just like, yeah, we like what we got in Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> like, it's a good take. <laughs> come on. Anyways, so I had to bring that up. Like, what's going on there? I think that's more just on the coaches F, but it's not a good sign. And just quickly, I already mentioned him, Caleb Evans, maybe unfair, but he gave up a lot of yardage, 141 yards on six uh, six catches. That might, that might be the most among rookie corners. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't deserve, like, a worst or anything. on oh, not targets, I should say. Did drop an INT. Would have been a great play, but dropped it. And had a really nice PPU, too. So he, he was making a couple of plays out there, but yeah, that's, a, that's a lot of yardage to give up. And it's, it's a lot of Garrett Wilson who's a stud, so. All right, I'm going to fly through the rest of the show because we got – we got some Baker Mayfield and the Rams to watch. Um, yeah. My best day three rookies, Daniel Bellinger caught all five of his targets, just 24 yards, but did a really good job in the run game. I'd like to see him coming back from injury too. Isaiah Pacheco, just love love seeing it. Like the, the Chiefs could run on the Bengals. They just kind of needed to throw and couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacheco looked good, had uh, 66 on the ground. And Bears safety Elijah Hicks. He gave up a touchdown 
to Christian Watson, 14-yard touchdown. But other than that, I thought a pretty solid game against the Packers. I'll give you two quick ones. Chigger Conquo is really emerging for the Titans. Four catches, 68 yards. Every week he's making a flashy play. I can't wait until they get him involved heavily because he's, he's, he's got that explosive stuff to him. You know what else does? Uh, someone who's come on late here, James Houston for the Lions, had another sack, and it was a nasty, nasty move. Like It was like a... He threw like a little hopping hesitation, and then just like this quick dip, and just ducked under the left tackle and got Lawrence low. It was sick. Um, best UDFA rookies. I got a laundry list here. Brennan Schooler, my special teams king. Yeah, huge yeah. special teams tackle against the Bills on Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Cameron Dicker, the kicker. He's just the Chargers kicker now. He made two of his three field goals, and it was nothing special, but it's just happy to see him. Uh, Malik Davis had a touchdown yeah. on uh, was that Sunday Night Football. Davis is look good uh, every time he's gotten the ball. Rashid Shahid is that dude Stu- for the Saints. Stud. Se- 75 yards on four catches, plus a 30-yard kick return, plus a 42-yard punt return, plus a 17-yard punt return against the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. Uh, Jack Sanborn, 11 tackles, including a TFL, where he freaking flew to the sideline to make it. And Bears undrafted rookie Josh Blackwell, who, who allowed five catches, but just 48 yards, and was, like, shockingly okay. Like, he wasn't the one giving up a lot to Christian Watson. I That's great. I, I Remember I, I said Rashid Shahid should be, like, start the rug, and I loved it. They're getting him involved. He's good. He's just good. Um, my other one, I had him, and but also Bam Knight, baby. He is putting the games together. 90 yards on 15 carries, five catches for 28. Solid there, too. Just just good hands. He's, he's explosive. He's explosive. He's, he's sticking around. Even with Brees Hall back, uh, Michael Carter is you know banged up, but I don't know hasn't been that good this year. Bam Knight's sticking around. Um, rookies who flash. Drake London had a great game against the Steelers. Didn't really have an opportunity to mention him, but uh, if he had a better quarterback, he he would be he would have went for over hundred. He had ninety five on six grabs. Um, he had this great play down the sideline where he worked through some illegal contact and a better ball. It might have been like a huge huge play. It ended up being like twenty yards. Um, Chris Olave, I know he had that drop, mm-hmm. but he he is the Saints like only playmaker outside of Rashid Shahid. Yeah. So, and, and and just his ability to to kind of um, operate on all, all levels. Uh, Jahan Dotson, I mentioned he had a touchdown against the Giants. It was a sweet like he's coming across the field, just kind of stuttered on or slow played his route and broke uh, Zion Gilbert's touchdown or tackle and, and went for six. Um, Alec Pierce had a good game against the yeah, Cowboys. He did. He did. It's nice to see uh, that coming back, the, the downfield stuff. Evan Neal played well against the Commanders. It was Love his that. first game back. Love that. And he yes. played quite well, especially in the run game. I thought he made a difference there. Good. Uh, same team, Kayvon Thibodeau. Three pressures in a TFL against the Commanders uh, and a sack. Um, he's just the most complete rookie pass rusher by far. Um, Jalen Petrie made almost every tackle for yeah. the Texans and picked off the nasty men in the end zone. Um, Damian Pierce also, like, just 73 yards. Uh, on the ground, but it felt like every carry is breaking a tackle. Um, and Zach Tom uh, started at left tackle against the Bears and looked good for the Packers. The times he's had to do that, he's looked good. Um, I'll, I'll keep mine shorter here. Trillon Burks had one catch, but it was a touchdown, and he got hit high on. Uh, but it was what a what a job to, to hold on to that ball, showing like what he can do uh, explosive downfield. Uh, I hope he comes back healthy and keeps on showing that up. I had to mention Sauce Gardner somewhere because that big old matchup against Justin Jefferson. It wasn't a lot of Justin Jefferson. It was a lot of DJ Reed for for Justin Jefferson. But they had a couple of good match, matchups. He had a, he held him one time. Uh, JJ kind of got him another. Like, it was really good coverage. It was a tough play, but just he he brought it in. Um, one play I kind of wanted to highlight is on the, on the Alexander Madison touchdown. Just I thought he I don't know like he just looked weird in, in run defense. He it was kind of his. His tackle to make it. I don't know if it was just bad contain or bad effort or bad eyes. I don't know. Um, hit, had a had a nice hit on Cousins. Overall, not a bad game. Not a great performance. I was ready for like you know like just the star studded matchup, but solid game all around. Uh, I had a couple guys we already mentioned here. I had to, I had to get this name out. Our guy Brandon Covey, two really nice punt returns. <laughs> He's turning into a good punt returner for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he'll score in the Super Bowl. Uh, take take that to the house. Um, I thought I thought the guy Sam Williams looked really really good against for the Cowboys. Just throw that out there. And another low key one, uh, Jordan Mason got like eight carries, did a lot with him, fifty one yards. Uh, there was you know that weird hype early in the season with him, and I think he, I think they do have you know he he fits that and he works and he's a pretty good back. Um, 
for out of nowhere rookie. I had to go with, I mentioned it earlier, Connor Hayward out of nowhere catches yeah. a 17-yard TD uh, against his father's former team. Um, obviously, an awesome moment for that family, him and Cam Hayward. Uh, uh, Ironhead, obviously, um, he passed away a while ago. And, and, and getting to score your first NFL TD against your dad's old team, pretty cool. And Cam Hayward came out in the press conference, said he, he was glad there wasn't a camera on him because he was pretty sobby, and he was wearing his dad's old Falcons jersey. That's cool. Yeah, that uh, was really cool. I mentioned mine was Marcus Jones. Who's your, who's your start at the Rock? Um, obviously, everyone was going to be Desmond Ritter, and then he is starting, so we don't have to say that anymore. Uh, and they're on by anyway. Uh, I'm going with Big Stinky, Trevor Penning. <laughs> yes, yep. He's missed the first 11 weeks of the torn ligament in his foot. He's played 16 offensive snaps the last two weeks as the jumbo tight end. The team is 4-9. and nine. They took him 19th overall, and they're starting James Hurst at left tackle, yeah. who's a, a quality backup. But, like, let's go see what you got in Big Stanky. Yeah. The, yeah. The, man who, the man was getting kicked out of practice every day in the summer. Let's see what he can do on the football field. Definitely. They definitely have to get Big Stanky involved. That put him. Like, oh, you know how, how sweet it would be for our content at Big Stanky? Good or bad. Oh yeah, we need things. We need them. We need them in our lives. Um, my my other one is just a gripe for me. Uh, Seattle's run defense is brutal, and they gave all the carries to the Rams. Is, that is two Cam Akers. It sucked. I wanted to see Kyron Williams, so I want to see Kyron Williams this week. I just I love Kyron Williams. It sucked to see Cam Akers out there doing it. Who's had a weird career? I've been so. getting. I get a kick out of this. All like the fantasy. Uh, apps project Kyron Williams of 10 points every week, and then the Rams, like, don't play him. Yeah, I start him. I start him in my one of my dynasty leagues, so that's why I'm saying this. That's, that's just really, that's all. All right, let's go watch Dylan Parham kick some, uh, kick some Ram ass.